Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I don't know why you'd return anything, because what? (laughs) But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee, so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock, or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. (laughs) That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintage colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I am Dory. Uh, how's it going, Dory Shafrir? Well, the Red Sox won. The Red Sox won game three. In 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 thirteen fourteen innings, something very like dramatic fashion. I mean, anytime you get to a tie ball game in in Major League Baseball playoffs, mm. you're assured a dramatic finish. Mm. Good point. Now Good you're point. always you know the home team has the advantage because they get they get to go up to bat last. Right. You know they score runs. You can't answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boy oh boy, ground rules doubles. Nick Pavetta pitching out of his mind. It, I mean, it just, it had everything. And, and, and Christian Vasquez handling right-handed fastballs yet again. Mm, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like Eck said, you know, some sure. cheese coming in there. Yeah. And boom, two run Johnson. Mm. Yep. I wish Eckersley was calling the game. He would have been like, party. <laughs> That's what he would have said. <laughs> Um, it almost made up for the pumpkin patch we went to earlier today. 
is a fall warning to all parents out there um, and a bit of good news for those who aren't parents. <laughs> so you, you can continue to steer clear of a pumpkin patch. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I'd always been a little wary of the fetishization of the pumpkin patch here on the West Coast because it's like October is always hot here and people are like dragging their kids to these fake pumpkin patches with like decorative hay and and all this stuff and I was always like what is the point it's just for Instagram all I've ever seen of pumpkin patches out in Los Angeles is like they're usually next to a highway um, with large inflatable or permanent slides and yeah, like bounce house type slides yeah bounce house type things and some pumpkins and I gotta be honest with you if you're not gonna go there at 6 to 7 a.m. like to get some hopefully before the uh, cloud layer is burned off by the sun then I don't really know what you would do there but okay so here's what happened a good friend of mine um, who has a son almost exactly the same age as Henry and their buds. She texted and said, we're going to go to this pumpkin patch on Sunday morning. And I was like, if you want to, if you want to join us. And I was like, well, I was thinking about maybe taking Henry for a hike, but, and I was like, I've, you know, I've been sort of like curmudgeonly about pumpkin patches. Maybe I should just see, like I should just go and see what the fuss is about. Like maybe I'm being a curmudgeon for like no reason. It's not really fair for me to be a curmudgeon because I haven't, actually experienced this yet and you know dory like yesterday took henry to a little little touch body kind of thing what would you call it touch body kind of thing yeah um and then took him out to a pond franklin canyon yep yes so when she was like pumpkin patch tomorrow i was like well i cannot play any cards here other than okay Um, it was like she really, you know, she handled him for a part, a good portion of the day. Now, in fairness to me, so did you. I did, you know, other than the thirty minutes he was shabbating. Well, it was. It turned out to, to be about an hour minutes. and a half total. With yeah, transport. other than that, I had him all morning, and you know, we were doing all kinds of dumb things that that Henry and Matt do, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, his new favorite game is pillow and crib. It's a fun game where he goes in the crib and Matt throws pillows at him. Yep. Like all of the pillows. And then he... And the beanbag. He tells me where to put them too. He, he's like, corduroy. Well, he says corduroy. <laughs> corduroy, which is his stuffed bit, corduroy the bear. That uh, that means, obviously, that corduroy needs a pillow over his head also. So I have Duh. to chuck a pillow towards corduroy. <laughs> Poor corduroy can't defend himself. Henry loves it. He wants a sleep sack thrown in. Yep, and he wants yep. the beanbag thrown in. Yep. And then he thinks it's so funny when you say, where is Henry? And then he hides and then he pops up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that game will it'll kill hours. Yep. Um, and, you know, it's not to be confused with Pillow on Couch. Yeah, Pillow on Couch. Different game. Different game. That game, I uh, he jumps really high. I lift him fully up into the air. And then 
we count to three and I toss him down on his back on the on the pillow on the not the pillow on the couch I feel like pillow on couch has more risk of injury for both you and Henry it does yeah there's more physical activity yeah. involved in there but it's you know it's like I clear the coffee table out you know right 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 yes and yes we just ma- I make sure that it's like you know a clean couch no cars or yeah, remotes on yeah, it yeah and then when he's laying on his back he then wants me to take the pillows that are on the couch and just toss them on his head <laughs> Which he also thinks is very, very funny. So anyway, anyway, so point being, morning we, rolls around. I it's bought, like pumpkin I, time. I bought tickets to the pumpkin patch because, of course, you have to buy tickets in advance, like everything. And we get there, and first I get a text from my friend. <laughs> She's like, "This is chaotic," and I was like, "Oh boy." Then we're driving in, and. We're driving in, and I looked at the valet, which was empty, and it was $15. The regular self-parking was $10. Normally, I'm like, I'll pay for the convenience of a valet situation. It can't be that bad. I mean, the parking is probably annoying. But for some reason, I was just like, no, pumpkin patch. (laughs) No. Self-park it is. So then we like went up two levels of dirt. <laughs> and uh, then Matt forgot his camera in the car. I had to go back to get it. It was just like the second we got out of the car there, I was like. And it was hot. Oh, no. Because I, I had a black golf hoodie on. Yeah. It had been rather temperate when we left the house. It was temperate here. Yeah. And it was definitely still temperate when we got back. Yeah, it's usually not hotter in Culver than Correct. it is here. But it, for some reason, it felt like the surface of the sun. It did, yes. And I was sweating. You know, I had a mask with, you know, some masks on. And I had a hat on. And then I like, just felt my eyes getting sweaty. Mm-hmm. And I had my sunglasses, but I had to take those off to take pictures. But, like, we go in and it just, like, mayhem was the correct word Yeah. to describe it. You had to buy. So you had to pay $15 to get in. And then $15 just to peruse the pumpkins. Yes. And then if you wanted, if your kids wanted to go on any of the rides or, you know, they are not rides. Okay. Go in the bounce house or yes. even go in the hay maze. It wasn't a hay to, maze. You had to buy. It was tickets. a hay. Let's, let me explain what it was. It was a hay quote unquote graveyard. Uh, sorry. Which literally was just three, three levels of, of hay. Sorry. Mallory referred to it as a hay maze. Well, so. Um, so yeah, so you had to buy tickets to like go into anything quote unquote fun, but Henry was amused by the house that had pumpkins on the outside and a large like pumpkin structure. Yeah. Like, like Cinderella's carriage. Yes, 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 yes. Post midnight. That's a great way to describe it. Um, and he picked up a small pumpkin and was like really attached to it for a while and then threw it down. <laughs> yeah, then decided he was no longer attached to it. But like Henry wanted his snack, so Dory took him over to the shade, which happened to be in front of this the the Los Angeles pumpkin patch step and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> so we just got a front row seat uh... for dressed up moms dragging their children who none not not a one of them wanted to take this photo literally none of them and like making them <clears throat> sit or stand in front of the step and repeat that said the mr bones yeah and with like a, the logo yeah 
and take a picture. And it was just like, and I looked around and like, I honest to God, most of the kids I saw and encountered were not having fun. No, they were not. And I would say most of the parents were not either. And I heard one mom go, this is terrible. Oh, and it was. <laughs> that mom was correct. Because like, also like with the sun, it was probably like 80 something degrees. Honestly, honest to God. I think it, it felt was like very hot. And it was dry. Yeah. So it was like a kick, kicking up of dirt and. Um, and hay. And hay. And and it was just like our friend's kid was like allergic. Oh my god, that kid! Poor kid was just like, why did they do this to me? Why did they take me to this allergy? It's like taking a, it's like taking a kid who's allergic to bees to like a see honey get made. It's like, why are we doing this? This is horribly dangerous. Um, but yeah, like it was so weird it, it, like it existed solely for instagram purposes as far as i could tell yeah like it existed only so that parents could get the picture of their kid with pumpkins you know what i honestly would have been happier at like a jc penny with a pumpkin fall backdrop of course anyone would be happier to jc penny <laughs> and just throw henry in front of that but like i literally could have taken him to ralph's and sat him in front of the pumpkins yes out in front gotten a picture and yes. like greatest day ever yeah. <laughs> just, just written that and people will be like wow they went to a pumpkin patch uh, like also like what is that supposed to do for you like put up a picture of your kid in a pumpkin patch what are we supposed to think the the, the person who encounters and sees that mm, photo good question we're we supposed to think wow pumpkins I think we're supposed to think, ah, autumn, pumpkins, pumpkin spice lattes, cozy. And I was like saying to Dora, we should have just gone apple picking. And I completely agree with you. And in fact, someone. And then someone leaving, like walked right by us about 12 seconds later and says, come on, we got to go. We got to go apple picking now. <laughs> like, like literally like dragging their kid then to like some sort of apple picking <laughs> festivity. <laughs> but I, I got to say, it wasn't. It, 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 it felt like they were like leaving money on the table. In what sense? Like there should have been a better array of like fall treats. Come try our pumpkin pancakes mm. and our pumpkin spice lattes. Well, they were and our fried dough, our pumpkin dough. They jammed so much stuff into that not large area. It was a dirt. Yes. And then behind <laughs> it, you could see the oil derricks going. Yeah. Which, you know, if anyone's seen L.A. Confidential or, you know, any old L.A. movie, you know, like, that's just, like, a pretty desolate part of the town. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was, um, we'll never go again. That is accurate. Certainly to that one. You know, I think what I was saying before about the fetishization of, of the pumpkin patch here on the West Coast, I think is true because, like, on the East Coast, you have like actual pumpkin patches that you can go to. Well, yeah, and they're usually on a farm. Right. And it's usually like there's also hay rides. Yes. And, and it's also like cider. And it's and also like, overcast and chilly. Yes. Wear a coat. <laughs> yeah. And or, you know, I hope your costume's not uh, you know, you gotta put a like, you know, I was always I was always a kid that like had to put a hoodie over his costume. Yeah, it was a, cold. There's a picture of uh my brother. With a with like a heavy uh, like we're all wearing like heavy jackets over our costumes. Yeah, so it's like, oh, sorry, I don't care if your astronaut didn't wear cost wear a hooded sweatshirt over their spacesuit. You have to, yeah, because it's cold. So that was 
it was just sort of like a fascinating. The second we walked in, too, Henry said, go home. Yeah. But then he wanted to stay. Yes. But he did initially want to go home immediately. Yes. And I was just like, I feel you, buddy. Yeah. Let me snap some pictures with this camera of you near some pumpkins. Frolicking amongst the pumpkins. And also, I'm just like, well, now I'm like, what? Also, that where's that picture going to go? It's nowhere. It's going to live in our frame mm. <laughs> or digital frame in the uh i know but i do like our digital frame of course but like i don't know maybe dory will post one just so you can all i posted a picture all you eggheads can be like oh i know the secret behind this i posted on my story a picture of him eating snack and i said best part of the pumpkin patch was eating snack in the shade yes <laughs> and then a friend dm'd me and she's like how was it i was thinking about taking like her did you take your daughter and i said it was crowded and chaotic and very hot i do not recommend (laughs) (laughs) and she was like oh glad i asked (laughs) that is the beauty of the what do they call it instagram versus reality yeah but i was also like oh no i hope people don't see this and think that i'm like actually endorsing it because i'm not well you heard it here third yeah dory shafrir does not endorse (laughs) pumpkin patches there's a monstrous bug. Yeah. Oh, it's a moth. It's a moth. <sighs> um, okay. So that said, what else? Anything else? Mm, no, I don't think so. Oh, we had our first full week with the new nanny. We had our first full week with the new nanny. Um, and I'm still adjusting to having an easier life. Yeah, same. Like, you know, like the cramming, rushing to get stuff done for 4.30. Yeah. <laughs> So that I can take over. Um, just the hours, 5.30. Also, full... Did we talk about this yet? But, like, she's on Bo's list. Bo... Yeah. She's on the VIP list. Bo has a- accepted her. Yeah. As one of the fam. Yeah. Um, so... And it only took three meetings. Three meetings. Two of them were drugged. Two of them were trazodoned. But I was also like, we did the meeting on Monday and then I took him to the chateau as per normal. And then I was like, we did a, I picked him up early. We did right, right, right. Yes, yeah. yes, so yes. Like two of the meetings happened on one day. That's right. So it was two days. Wait, no. So it was four meetings. What do you mean? No, it wasn't. Because by Tuesday, this guy was fine. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right, 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 right. Yes. yes it was yes. the You're Sunday right. two weeks ago. Saturday whatever yeah and monday mm-hmm. and then this guy was like all right yeah i've had enough cheese thank you yeah he like barked when she came in the house and then as soon as he saw who it was he was like yeah, i don't <laughs> care <laughs> oh, hi. Yeah. hi you have cheese if you don't have cheese i'm gonna go sleep okay bye yeah so now not having to take Bo to the chateau every day 400 times easier on our lives uh that's A. B, she stays till 5.30, which doesn't sound like a lot later than the previous, but like when the previous one was leaving at 3 o'clock on Fridays, and also 4.30 was just like, combining the 4.30 with having to also pick up Bo mm-hmm. really made it feel like 4 o'clock every day. Yeah. So, um, like, it's just, it's magical. Yeah. I found myself like trying to rush out, and then I go into the house from my office, and I'm like, oh. She's still here for an hour. 
I'm gonna go back and do some more stuff in my <laughs> office. Uh, and she's great, and Henry loves her. Oh my god, they seem to have the most fun. Yeah, which is the most important part. Uh, all right, should we take a break. Big updates. We'll take a break. All right, we'll be back very shortly. BRB. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks tees and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good look when i open up my uh sock drawer and i see a clean pair of bombas sitting on top not only do my feet sort of jump for joy but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? <laughs> but they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. <laughs> That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hello. We have returned. We're back. Ready for action. Um, I, Before we get into the action, I just want to remind everyone that they can email us at dorianmatt at gmail or mattandory gmail. And call us or text us at 413-461-BABY. And we do always appreciate your emails and your voicemails and your texts. Um, 100% appreciated. Yeah. 
All right. This first email is from Anna, our Austrian college student. Ah, yes. I asked for a why and how. You did. And she says, Matt was very interested in my excellent origin story. And so I'm here to deliver. Thank you. It's not through Forever 35. I have to admit, as a 20-year-old, the title doesn't really speak to me. But I might give it a try when my current lab is over. Three years ago, I was falling down an adoption rabbit hole and started listening to quite a few podcasts about adoption. And only one fully caught my attention. We can do this, our adoption journey. And I binge listened to it in a very short time. And they kept on mentioning that your podcast was their inspiration. And after I was through with their podcast, I decided to give you two a try. Started right from the beginning. I went through through with it super quickly because I was so fascinated by all the talk about reproductive medicine, STEM major. So now we are back to the whole college student thing. Interesting. And your very honest approach about it all. All the interesting medical stories and advice brought into my horizon. And I've been here for so long now. You're integral to my Monday morning routine. I love that we get this podcast up late enough Sunday night that it actually does hit Monday morning. Yes. In, in Austria. In Austria. Um, still no hot dogs in 1,720 square feet in the most mountainous part of Austria. Oh, that sounds like a little fairy tale over there. It does. It sounds like uh, hot dog update, everybody. Also, thank you, Anna, for putting a, uh, closing that book in my brain. Yeah. Of how the hell did you find us? Mm-hmm. Um, I was at the, I had a hot dog craving. You can tell I'm from New England, hot dog. Uh, I had a hot dog craving on uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. So when Dory was at Tachabot Town, not only did I drop something off at the at the UPS store, but I went to the supermarket to get hot dogs. All beef. Everything was beef. I was like, let me try. I mean, there's, I don't want beef. I would much rather have pork. And then I was like, oh, I'll try this Wagyu beef, 100% grass-fed hot dog. I was like, well, I like Wagyu. It's going to be probably pretty good. It was a gross. <laughs> it was a disaster. Uh, it was a pack of four. Uh, I cooked two to start, ate one half of one, and then Bo ate the other one and a half. <laughs> and then I threw out the other two. Wow. Because it just wasn't what I wanted at all. Yeah. And also impossible to find hot dog uh, buns, apparently, when mm-hmm. it's not July. Mm-hmm. So I had to deal with uh, some pretzel rolls, some sausage-sized pretzel rolls, which ideally you think, oh, that's a good, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. But all it did was make me hate the hot dog more. So that's my wow. hot dog update. Thank you. That is shocking. <sighs> All right, shock subsided. All now right. we can continue with the okay. emails. Um, okay, this is from Lauren. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. I wanted to write in for the listener two weeks ago who doesn't or may not ovulate. My situation sounds similar. I've never had a regular cycle and usually have a period about every 40 to 50 days. Once in high school, I didn't get it for six months. My primary doctor sent me to an RE after seeing my ovaries were enlarged and expecting PCOS. This was about three years ago. And when I started listening to you guys, because I thought we might have some trouble conceiving. Interestingly, I have none of the markers of PCOS and it's pretty much unexplained why I have a weird cycle and sometimes don't ovulate. 
It wasn't until this year that my husband and I decided we were ready for kids. The part I really wanted to emphasize to the listener is that you shouldn't bother trying on your own for a year. There's no point if it's impossible to tell when's the right time to try. My doctor was great about this, even though I'm only 32. I was prepared for a long road to conception, so color me shocked that once we started with an RE, it worked on the first try. Apparently, all I needed was a bit of a nudge with Letrozole slash Femara. So to that listener, go straight to the RE, do not pass go, but also make sure you're really ready because it might not actually be that hard. Lauren in 2,400 square feet in Denver, one husband, one floofy black cat, and one eight-week fetus. No hot dogs, Matt. I'm sorry. <laughs> no need to apologize regarding your hot dog. Uh, um, wow, that's encouraging. Yeah. I mean, also, like, the idea of, like, why put yourself through a year of trying? Yeah, totally. <laughs> of trying when, yeah, sure, it might work, but also, like, why not get some, if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, insurance will cover it go see an re yeah thank you thank you lauren um matt would you like to read sure dear matt and dory i'm a longtime listener i found your podcast after a pregnancy loss before getting pregnant with my son who was born a few months before henry thank you for accompanying me through these years i would love your thoughts on two questions my husband is having a very hard time since he had a bad professional turn in early 2021 he has a creative career, and he hasn't been able to do much since then. The reasons for this bad news make him pessimistic about his future prospects. I'm not at all an artist, so perhaps this is just part of the process? Parenthetical writer's block question mark. But it seems to me like he is depressed. However, he refuses to see a therapist, personal or couple. I think for cultural slash family background reasons. How can I make him change his mind? Or is it pointless to insist? I mean, should we unpack all of these one at a time here or just keep reading? Um, let's, let's unpack one at a time because they're pretty different questions. Yeah, I agree. Let's take this first thing first. Okay. Uh, professional turn, 2021, creative career. Hasn't been able to do, such, do much since then. Hello. Hi. <laughs> this is uh, Matt Myra, <laughs> person who goes through similar, is going through similar situations writer's block i mean if they're do you think they're a writer and that's what that parenthetical is or do you think it's just like you guys are writers so is this equivalent to writer's block hard to say okay well i'll take it both ways okay. so i mean if it's writer's block it's all, first of all it does sound like depression to me too um which is something that i find sets in when I'm not working because I feel the need to constantly be providing and working and feel useful as a human being. And when I'm not working, I do not feel useful. Uh, but regarding seeing a therapist, I mean, it's just, I think it's how you frame it. Really? I would just be like, why don't you complain to someone for an hour? Mm. Like literally that's, if they don't feel like complaining, why don't you just talk about shit for an hour? Talk about me, talk about life, talk about, whatever if you don't like it go give it give it two weeks and let me know you don't have to go forever i like that also you don't have to go you can zoom nowadays <laughs> but also like therapists are literally there they're not there to cure you like no therapist is going to cure you of any whatever you might feel might be an ailment or anything like that they're they're therapeutic not uh curical not a word, but you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Um, 
So it's like if you have a bad, you know, you have a bad knee or something like that, you want to you want to work on that knee. You don't want to like let it just get worse. Not a great analogy again, but all I'm saying is it sounds like they need to talk to someone about it. Mm-hmm. And if it's not someone else in their field, then I think a therapist is a great, you know, way to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then regarding like being pessimistic about future prospects, welcome everyone. This is what it's like being a creative person. Yeah. Every time you, you're off a project or between projects, Everybody thinks they're never going to work again. It's just like, oh, what if no one wants me to do that again? It's just what everybody thinks. Is there a solve for that? I don't have one. I think the same things. Mm -hmm. But I just think them. I know in my mind that it's not real. But I think about I think that kind of thing. I think them too. Which I feel like for me sometimes results in taking on work that I don't actually want to do because I'm afraid I'm never going to get work again. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Being, I mean, being a creative, being like being a creative person for your job is extremely stressful, both like in the short term and the long term. Yeah. I mean, the really the reality of it is like I'm not. I don't have any like you know. I can't. There's not like okay. I'll stay here for a while. Then I'll become a partner, and then I'll open my own firm. Right. Like I don't have that trajectory. Yeah. My trajectory is like oh maybe I'll get a writing job again. I don't know. I'll try to make my own show. Who knows if that goes anywhere? I'll do a lot of work and not get paid for it. Whatever. There's no like. There's no. There's no mapped out trajectory for anybody's career. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe knowing that will help. But I'm sure he knows that. Yeah. All right. Uh, keep us posted. Now, back to, this, back to the email. Second, we're planning on trying for a second child last spring, but my husband feels like he's in too much of a career and personal dead end to do that. Well, okay. We have the financial means with my income, but is more concerned that with another child, he will never be able to pick up his career again, and his mind isn't there again. I see a sign of depression. Well, yeah, a little bit. I want to be supportive, but I'm turning 38, and I'm worried that waiting much longer will reduce my chances of growing our family. Should I insist? Should I try to freeze my eggs? Wow. Those are related. Yeah, I guess they are more related than I like. was processing. <sighs> Don't insist. Yeah. That's going to just cause resentment from both parties. Um, but also, like, it's it's just, you know, it's hard. Depression is hard. I've been there. I, I, I know it well. I'm a familiar, you know, foe of mine is depression. And sometimes it does feel like you're just going to be a waste of space and like how could I possibly think of providing for another human being when I can't even figure out myself etc these are all thoughts that uh, should be spoken to a therapist about and ultimately what is the solve I don't know I would start with a therapist 
I would also suggest couples therapy. Yeah, but like, do you start there? I think you start with individual therapy. Right. I mean, and you know what? You could go to therapy too to like help you navigate all this stuff. Not you. I'm talking about the, the oh okay. I was the like, letter I, writer. I, do. I go on Wednesday. No, I know. I'm saying like the letter. It sounds like the letter writer. Like you could also. I don't know. I sense that there's like some beginnings of some like resentment here. Sense it. It's clear. Yeah. So that is true too. You know, and instead you, of writing into a podcast, you should go to therapy. You could also talk to a person about it. Yeah. That way, it's more of a give and take. Exactly. Regarding like, but yeah. By that token, here's the deal. Why don't you swing it like this? You know, I think I'm about seeing someone. Why don't we both see someone on the same day, separate people? We'll try for a couple weeks. I might hate it. You might hate it. We'll see where we're at. I like that. It's probably not going to work, but <laughs> it's a way to go. Uh, Anybody out there has any ways of tricking their spouse into therapy? <laughs> let us know. I mean, I think... When you started going, I said, Here's I, how this worked. I said, I, I can't live with you like this anymore. <laughs> That's true. But I also was like, uh, Dory just found, literally found the closest one to us. I did. And uh, then I was like, okay. Like she found him. And then I called. I remember calling him. You didn't think I was going to call him. No, I didn't. I did. Mm-hmm. And then I went. Mm-hmm. That was like six years ago. Yep. And it sh- certainly worked. Here I am. <laughs> uh, well, that is from Anonymous in Philadelphia, who is in about 2,000 square feet with a husband, a toddler, and a bunch of stray cats in the courtyard. What? Two oh my Ikea God. hot dogs. I'm imagining dogs. Brian Setzer out there with a, <laughs> with a Gretsch. Two Ikea hot dogs this year. 95% inspired by your podcast. I bet I know which Ikea you went to. Okay. Was this like an IKEA challenge? Like uh, no, but like I lived in Philly. I've been to oh, the I Philadelphia see. area IKEAs. Sure, for meatballs and such. Meatballs, furniture, mac and cheese. Yep. Uh, reasonably priced hot dogs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. etc. All those things. All right. Well, look, we're gonna take another short break. Okay, we'll be back then. All right. BRBs. 
Okay. Well, stay tuned. My <laughs> husband and I were both 31, started trying to have a baby in October 2020, and like so many before us, have had trouble. Before we started trying, I had a preconception appointment that coincided with my annual pap smear. At this appointment, my OBGYN... Literally picturing a room where you walk into the preconception appointment and someone just looks at you and goes, hmm, you're not very confident. You're going to fail it. Like it just has preconceptions about you. You go in and that's all Mm. they do at the appointment. That would be very funny. funny. Okay. Well, this is why I'm not working. (laughs) Can't even get my wife to laugh. I'm going to go. Have fun, everyone. At this appointment, my OBGYN at the time proceeded to scare me half to death, stating that even the healthiest couples only have a 20% chance of getting pregnant in any given month, and that in order to optimize my chances, I needed to be doing daily basal body temping and ovulation predictor kits. I went off birth control and proceeded to carefully follow her instructions, and soon all evidence pointed to issues. Extreme cystic acne, temps all over the place, never getting positive OPKs, hair loss, and just generally feeling unwell. When I went back to the doctor, about five months after going off birth control to address all of this, she stayed with very little attempts to hide her frustration with me. Well, I can't snap my fingers and make you pregnant. I wanted to cry. I I wasn't asking for that. I just wanted to feel better. Needless to say, I switched medical providers and now see a certified nurse midwife who I love. She immediately ran tests, did a uterine ultrasound to rule out PCOS, and found that I'm not ovulating. She also had my husband do a semen analysis, which came back normal. She stated that she wanted me to go on Letrozole for six months. If that didn't work by October 2021, at which point we would be at the one-year mark of trying, we'd be referred to a reproductive endocrinologist. And well, here we are. With this, my emotions have been all over the place. My husband has recommended that I find a community to talk to that has experienced similar things, but I keep having this weird feeling like I haven't suffered, quote, enough to belong in the infertility space. There are so many others who have struggled a lot longer and have been through so much more. My journey, while extremely disappointing, has been relatively easy thus far compared to some. Beyond even finding a community, I'd love to share more about what's going on and how rough this past year has been with people just in general as well, just to promote more honest conversational fertility and the struggles many women face when advocating for themselves in medical spaces. But again, it's a hangup I have that I haven't, that I haven't earned my place in the conversation. I also worry people will think I'm just looking for attention. I think stemming from the gaslighting from that first doctor after she made me feel like I was making a mountain out of a molehill. I guess to sum it all up, I'm experiencing imposter syndrome when it comes to my fertility struggles. The this imp- is wild. The impulse to grin and bear it alone or just with my husband is getting harder to bear. I see a therapist who is lovely, but this is so isolating and lonely. I'd like to find support amongst people who've actually experienced this. Any advice on how to move past this? Thank you f- so much for all you guys do. It's giving me hope as I just start down this path. Lauren, a Detroit transplant living in a 1200 square foot apartment in Louisville, Kentucky, with my husband and 25-pound Jack Russell mix named Leia. I believe I've had one hot dog this year. It was on a chilly day on a golf course in Michigan, and it was heavenly. I mean, that sounds great right now. All those things. Chilly days, golf courses in Michigan. <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> All sounds great. Uh, I've never heard of such a thing regarding feeling imposter syndrome when it comes to fertility struggles i feel like i have really yeah i feel like this is a very it's an interesting phenomenon well i was going to say i mean not to be like super gendered about it but it does feel like a very female thing to like to even question like do i do i have the right to identify as part of this community like i haven't earned it and i think that 
a lot of women do feel that. To which I would say, Lauren, if you're having these feelings and you're struggling and you need someone to talk to, you have earned it. (laughs) And it's not even about earning it. Like it's just, that's not how, that's not how it works. Like you, you belong there. Who are these fertility community gatekeepers? I'd like to meet them. Well, like to I'm be, saying, like the people who are like, girl, you have not been through okay, enough infertility. To be fair, I do think that there is some pushback from like, okay, if you have been struggling for, let's say, three years to get pregnant with IVF, you've done like seven rounds and you're, you know, nothing's worked. And then you have a friend who is like, yeah, we really struggled. It took me like four months to get pregnant with. Yeah. You know, then okay. that's, that's annoying. That's that that is a that is not analogous here. But yeah, I was just gonna say that's not like the same thing. No. So I'm confused now by your point about that. What I'm saying is I who whom whom these gatekeepers are of the infertility community. I and don't what their requirements. If there were perhaps some posted requirements for what one would have to go through mm-hmm. to get into said community. Yeah, I don't think that they're really... There's some achievement badges. I don't know what you need. But all I can tell you is you're having fertility struggles. That's enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christ, if anyone who's not has not had to... has not tried, but is curious about what it might be like to be infertile, that, you, that you're also welcome. Like, it's just like... I, the idea that you ha- you're not, I don't know, the idea that your problem isn't big enough for a problem is very strange to me. I totally get it. It's like rolling into a mechanic and going, oh man, I don't know if I should see the mechanic because I just have a flat tire and no spare tire, but that guy's engine is blown. <laughs> I mean, that guy's, you know, he's, he's a lot more work than me, but like also, what? Just fucking go. Meaning, it's very silly that that those that community could make you feel like that. Your feelings aren't silly. I mean, you're feeling that. That is absolutely valid. But in my experience, I hope you know that like this is a pretty supportive community. Yeah, I agree with that. And I bet you're gonna find people who are in your exact same situation. Even like to the day, and you'll be like weirded out by it. Yeah. But also, it's fine. We're all here. We are here. We're all at different levels of levels. Thank you. All right. This next email is from Nassim. Hello. Who is helping us with our Disney trip. Can't wait. Can't wait for that Genie Plus. <laughs> you want to ride that? It's five bucks. That, $12. <laughs> that, I don't know. You tell us. How much is it worth to you? Um, what did we decide her Instagram was? Magic and Saffron. Correct. Yeah. If you want to check out her uh her Instagram, it's Magic and Saffron. She's been a huge help to us so far. She's a Disney travel agent and her services are free. So if you're going to Disney, look up Nasim. She's an egghead. She gets it. Here's an email about how much she gets it. <laughs> All right. Someone has probably written in about this, but just in case, in episode twelve bonus round around minute 42 someone writes in with a question that leads to talking about what it would be like if you just had a boy 
And it's such a sweet reply you both give, knowing eventually you'd end up with a sweet little boy, Henry. I had to share in the off chance this hadn't been shared. Aww. I love listening from the beginning and wish I would have gone back to the beginning sooner. We start our first IVF round this coming week after four plus years of trying everything else, including a surgery, four medicated IUIs, and a hybrid cycle, medicated cycle with timed intercourse. Mm. Having this backlog of episodes is giving me so much comfort walking into these next steps. This and the Facebook group is literally the only comfort of this whole process. Thank you both again for what you created, Nassim. Nassim, I hate to break it to you, but you haven't suffered enough yet. (laughs) So you're going to have to unlisten <laughs> and probably leave the Facebook group. <sighs> Sorry. That by the way, Lauren was just to point out to you that you have uh, every right to be here yeah. and ask all the questions you need to ask. Yep. 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 Back to my preconception appointment. You see, you go in, right? And they have all these preconceptions about you, you see? And, um, okay, still nothing. <laughs> Next email. <laughs> Do you want to read this? Hi, guys. You mentioned you keep pretty good sleep, eat, track records of the first year and a half of Henry life. We did, too, especially for sleep. But one day, my brother asked me why, as in, what did we get out of it? I was kind of at a loss to explain. Maybe I just like knowing. I don't think I adjusted our behavior or practices in any way based on the sleep patterns we observed. What would you say you got out of the information or did with the information? Well, I can say that it was very handy for when um, we were, uh, anyone was going to be uh, watching Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, here's how he eats. Here's, here's what he tends to do, etc. It was also just data, and you know we love data. Yeah, almost as much. We used as to say that all the time. IVF fertility specialists love data. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> two adults. It's a one twenty-two month old science baby. No pets. Eight hundred square feet in Manhattan. Took a picture of my first and only hot dog this year, this summer, and said, "This is for Matt." But of course, I didn't send it because that would have been kind of weird. No, it wouldn't have. P.S. <laughs> while I'm here, bunch of episodes back, Dory mentioned being in a situation where she didn't have any pregnancy tests at home. For anyone trying to conceive, either the sex way or the IVF way, mostly the sex way, I highly recommend buying an ovulation pregnancy test strips from China. You get so much more for your money. And then you have one around if you need it. This is one example called MomMed 60 ovulation strips, 20 pregnancy test strips for like 17 bucks. Meanwhile, first response sells seven ovulation strips and one pregnancy test for 20 bucks. Huh. And she says, I bet the pregnancy test is far more sensitive, to be fair. Just a recommendation to hopefully save people some money and not feed the fertility industrial complex in the U.S., but just to feed that one in China. (laughs) Anyway. All uh, right. Um, You know what? We are going to listen to a voicemail. Okay. I love a voicemail. Okay. Let's hear it. Here we go. Hi, Matt and Dory. I'm calling with an update and a question. It's Courtney from upstate New York. Um, I was the caller who asked about the PS5 situation. My husband was wanting a, a PlayStation 5 and, a, and specifically referenced you to as a reason <laughs> to get it. And after listening to your response, 
He has not mentioned anything about getting the PlayStation, and that's kind of gone away. So thank you for your um, candor. The other thing, so I'm uh, going to a conference next weekend where I'm presenting some research about four hours away from home on the main coast. Um, And initially, my husband and 14-month-old science baby were going to come with, but last minute, my husband decided that it would just be too crazy and too painful to try to contain our 14-month-old in a hotel room. So now, kind of in a last-minute way, he is backed out, and I am going alone. And, you know, in general, I'm pretty independent and, um, you know, strong-willed, but I am worried about leaving the baby for two nights. I haven't been away from him since he was born and I'm very strongly attached. And I don't, I don't know. I'm having anxiety. I can't back out of the conference um, because I'm presenting in it, and that would be poor form. Um, although that's come to mind, um, I really want to go and try to enjoy myself and not be white knuckling it the whole time, wondering how my son is. Um, so, if you have any appreciated? Uh, thanks so much. Bye bye. Tips or advice, Dory? First of all, I know it's hard, but to the extent that you can, you should enjoy these two nights away. Just enjoy being alone. I literally was going to say the exact same thing. Oh. This is like a home run for you. Yeah. This is like, first of all, by the time you get back, your husband will have a PlayStation 5. (laughs) Second of all... (laughs) Second of all, you will in this. First of all, this so you've you've had plenty of bonding time with with the baby, which is great. Your husband has probably had plenty as well, but maybe not as much. And this will be a great opportunity for him to, you know, grin and bear it for for two nights, four hours away from your house. Uh, yeah, I think this is a uh, it's a win win. And also, this is a great little it's a little uh, little jaunt for you. This is. You know, you're going to test the waters. And I honestly think, like, 12 hours in, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. Like, what, if you get turned down service at the hotel, and there's, like, a chocolate on your pillow and slippers, you're also going to be like, the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> this is this is exactly what should have been happening the whole time. Oh, gosh. Now, I mean, there's other ways you could go about it where you, like, could insist that your husband come along with the baby but also i think this is like your perfect opportunity to be getting away i agree and getting some time to you yep you know your kid's gonna be fine order room service sure order room service or don't i mean your husband should order a playstation 5 (laughs) um have a great time Paige. You're going to the main coast. I love the main coast. Yeah, I mean it's going to be chilly, um, but also it's going to be. I I I think you're uh, underestimating how much you need a break. Mm. And your your I think your anxieties are tied up, not in the welfare of the child and husband, mm. and more in your guilt for not being there. To which I will say, release the guilt. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Enjoy uh, enjoy some room service. Wow. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, look, if we had guilt every time one of us went away, neither of us would have gone away anywhere. That's very true. Very, and, you very know, true. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what Vegas is like in a pandemic. <laughs> wow. Well, you put it that way. Um, all right. Stephanie writes, had to pause the pod to ask if Henry has watched the Netflix show Trash Truck. It's very cute. One I don't mind watching with my kids. Glad to hear he's watching more than just Super Wings now. He has watched Trash Truck with Hank, the little kid that is also named Henry, which is pretty wild. And looks, and looks a lot like a him. lot like Henry with his. Especially, I think he also is like a, a missing t- one tooth, tooth missing. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> which is uh, so Henry. It's ridiculous. Uh, but his his preference is actually just to watch real trash trucks. Yeah, he loves the opening credits of Trash Truck, and then he kind of loses interest. Yeah, but I think that's also like how he. He starts lukewarm on everything, you know, mm. and then he's like, "Oh, okay." Because like with Super Wings, it was just the opening song over and over yeah. and over again. Then at some point, it got to be the opening song up until Jet goes on the mission. Then <laughs> <laughs> at some point, he started to watch the missions. Yeah. Well, actually, at some point, he watched until it was supercharging, and then he watched the whole mission. So. And then he started saying "supercharge." <laughs> I don't think I ever heard him say that, but oh, he did. All right, You've, he says a lot around you that he doesn't say around me. That's he says interesting. Fotted, yeah, fotted he never in says that around sack. me. He never says that. <laughs> the, f- uh. <laughs> the funniest thing was he took this little. Tr- he had a little trash bin that he fills up with various odds and ends. You know, it could be anything from like a golf ball to like, um a wooden block or whatever. And he, he was like filling up the track and then putting it over his head and dumping it down behind him. And he did it. And then he got up and he was like grabbing at his, at his butt. <laughs> and I was like, do you have to go potty, bud? Do you have to, or do you want me to change the diaper? And he goes, something in butt. <laughs> and I was like, is something in your butt? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, why don't you come here? Let me take a look. <laughs> and I was like half expecting poop, but I looked and it was like one of these, a wooden piece of a connect four board, <laughs> you know, like a wooden checker size oh, thing gosh. that had fallen. I told him, I was like, I was like, bud, this fell when you put that over your head. And he's like, fell in butt. <laughs> and I was like, yep. <laughs> That's why it's so great when they can finally communicate. Yep. He can say something in butt. Fell in butt. Fell in butt. Something in butt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it's almost as funny as when he said bye-bye penis. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't there that? for that. Oh, because oh, it was like I had, uh, he was either getting dressed or, yeah, he was getting dressed. And he had his diaper. He pulled his diaper forward. And he was sitting on the bed. And he looked down. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, but that's your penis. And he goes, bye-bye, penis. And then he closes. <laughs> then he put his diaper back down. Uh, bye-bye, penis. All right. Uh, here is one last uh, voicemail. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. 
I just realized that it's very odd that people say hi to Henry and Bo because they have rarely been on the podcast. That's very true. But Bo's I, here I right now. I'm not calling for anything fertility related. I'm just calling for the Bake Off portion. Can we petition Love Productions to stop making the bakers tell stories through their bakes? Just bake <laughs> tasty things. That's all I ask. Also, no update to the hot dog count, although I did go to a fall foliage festival today, and I saw a four-year-old throw a hot dog, so I don't know if that counts. It does not count. All right. You guys have a wonderful day. Bye. Fall. It seems like those, these fall festival type things are just disasters for children. For everyone, I Throwing would argue. hot dogs around. Uh, somebody was making on this signature bake for Bread Week. Somebody, one of them made a picnic basket. And like, you know, they said, his family used to take have picnics and blah, blah. And, like, and I turned to him like, there is no way that actually happened. And I bet the family is confused by why he's making a picnic basket. <laughs> it's just like, uh, it's so, some of them are so silly. The German guy making the baby. Yeah, that was weird. Out of milk bread. Yeah. It was very strange. The whole, it's been a strange batch of weeks here. I agree. With no, you know. I would say it's the the it's less bottom heavy than they have been in years past. Yeah. Yes. The the overall um skill level seems higher. Feels like there's a couple of top tiers. Yeah. The Axis of Evil, obviously. Um and then uh everyone else is in the middle. Like bunched up in the middle. Yeah. That young um that young bored girl. It's a bit of a faff. A bit of a faff, really. Don't like making bread. It's a bit of a faff. bit of a faff. I have a horse. It's a bit of a faff. Um, she seems, you know, top of the middle heap. That's right, Bo. Bo's having one of his classic, I'm chasing something in my dreams. Um, yeah, and... I feel like some of them are getting more comfortable as the weeks go on and and baking better. Yes, there's a practice tent now, which I'm very curious about. I well, guess yeah, because they're, they're in the home. bubble. But like, are they in the bubble the entire time? Yeah, I think someone so. Someone said it takes 10 days to shoot. You know, on the show, someone said for the next 10 days. Yeah. And I was like, wait, is it actually 10 days? That can't be right. Anyway. Anyway. Bake off. Thank you. All right. Well, you know, just a reminder... If you want to hear more about Bake Off and other random topics, you can support us on Patreon. Get up to two bonus episodes a month at patreon.com slash excellentadventure. We are so appreciative of our Patreon supporters. And if you support us at the $5 level or above, you will get your name read on the podcast each month. And you get the back catalog of the Patreon episodes if you support us there. And we would like to thank the following Patreon supporters. Diane M. Martin. Dr. Beverly Crusher from Starfleet Medical. Edwina Goodingham. Edwina Morgan Bodo. Eleanor Powell. Elizabeth K. Elizabeth Kamani. Ellen F. Emily F. Emily Harden. Aaron. Aaron Gudge. Aaron Turley. Frederick Roy. Freya. Gita Drury. Greg Watchhorn. Greta Truitt. Hannah Crowder. Heather. Hillary Berry. Jackie G. Jane Ennis. Jennifer Seco. Jennifer H.S. Jennifer Steele. Jennifer T. Brennan. Jenny Fick. Jess Branch. Jesse Hendricks. Jessica Grigsby. Jessica Manolovich. Jesse Fisher. 
Jesse Labatty. Janon H. Julia Schulenberg. 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 Julie McLaren. <laughs> Julia writes in constantly. Dory always says the name correctly, and then I read it Schul. I don't know why. Uh, Kane McCall. Karen Perelman. Karen Thakershi. Kat C. Catherine Linnae. Catherine Shimmons. Katie Allen. Uh, and another Katie Allen. Two Katie Allen. There Allens. are indeed two Katie Allens. And they're both different people. Yes, I, I, yeah, they have different email addresses, different like support, like they, they're different people. <laughs>